Hey, what's going on, my qualifiers? Welcome to another episode of Unqualified News with your host, M. Mauricio, that's me. And today I bring you guys three articles. The first one is from NBC News, and it relates to unexplained aerial phenomenon. UFOs, that's the new terminology if you didn't know. American Airlines pilot basically saw this missile-like thing go over his, his, his airplane. This is real. This is news. This is real stuff. You know, it's on NBC News, so therefore it must be real, right? Well, that's there. Then I found another article from a really odd news site from Australia I've never heard of, but the information is solid, and I really like the way the article flowed. It has to do with what's going on in Myanmar. And if you don't know what Myanmar is, what country that is, it's close to China and India, Thailand. Uh, to be honest, before this article, I didn't know much about it either. I just know that there's a lot of protests there, right? But uh, it really gives you a solid, solid kind of background on what's going on. So, so that's a good one to, to listen to. And also I have an article from KTLA. And I love doing local articles well because it relates a lot to me and a lot of, to my listeners, you know. This one is talking about an investigation that was going on where 19 people were arrested for stealing catalytic converters. What's a catalytic converter? It's in your car and what it does is helps with emissions so that you're not just pumping smog out into this beautiful world. Basically, if you don't have that in your car, you can't move your car. Your car's not going to go. And people are selling it for the precious metals inside of the catalytic converter. And in the whole article, it doesn't tell you what precious metals that's in there. So you know what? If you know what precious metals are in a catalytic converter, please let me know. Uh, I should look it up before, but I don't know what it could be. What? Titanium, maybe? I don't know what you can take out and, and sell. It, it. This reminds me a lot of uh, when people go and strip newly built houses from all their copper wiring you know when they go in and take out all the copper wiring all the copper tubing for sale so this is what this reminds me of it has a large ticket price seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of catalytic converters stolen that's a huge huge amount uh they're gonna do some time for that one American Airlines pilot reports seeing long cylindrical object fly over plane. This one comes from NBCNews.com by Min Yvonne Burke. An American Airlines pilot reported seeing a long cylindrical object come startlingly close to the aircraft as it was flying over New Mexico. The FBI said it was aware of the incident which occurred Sunday during the flight from Cincinnati to Phoenix. The pilot called air traffic control shortly after noon local time to report seeing the object, according to the Federal Aviation Administration. Do you have any targets up here? The pilot is heard asking on a radio transmission. We just had something just go over the top of us that, I hate to say this, looked like a long cylindrical object. It almost looked like a cruise missile type of thing moving really fast that went right over the top of us, the pilot added. The FAA said in a statement that air traffic controllers did not see any object in the area on their radar scopes. American Airlines confirmed that the radio call came from one of its flights, but deferred further questions to the FBI. Following a debrief with our flight crew and additional information received, we can confirm this radio transmission was from an American Airlines flight 2292 on February 21st, the airline company said. And there you have it, my qualifiers. That was a quick bite from NBC News on a possible, you know, what, uh, UFO. 
or I think they're calling them something else now. They're actually calling them unexplained aerial phenomenon, I think. Unexplained aerial phenomenon, I, I think. I'm not sure, don't quote me on that, but they switched over the, the lingo so that when you're searching, you know, when you search up UFO, all you get is those those green men, you know, <laughs> and everything from the 90s and all that good stuff. Actually, I remember probably the first book, I don't know if you guys remember, but when you're in grade school, they have that, like, catalog where you can buy books, you know, and, and, and you have to ask your parents for money. And I remember the first book I ever asked my parents for was some alien book. It was like a thick, all-picture alien book. And uh, it was just it's, it's pretty funny. I was, like, fifth grade trying to learn about aliens what sticks out the most on this article is how short it is how quick and 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 short of a story this is it i I hadn't seen it anywhere i actually had to search for this story because i wanted to mention it to you guys i heard it from another podcast and uh yeah this is kind of wild but um there's a big possibility that we're not alone in this giant universe i mean right What's Going On in Myanmar by Meghna Bali. And this one, my qualifiers, comes from abc.net.au. Triple J Hack, I believe is the name of this uh, news outlet. It's pretty random, but I went through it and it's uh, good information. The way this article was written was somewhat of a report, which I really like because what's going on in Myanmar, uh, a lot of people don't know and, and the news are not giving it a lot of attention. Uh, for for many many reasons and I'm sure we're gonna find out right now unrest has plagued Myanmar for a month now as millions of people continue pouring into the streets in a challenge to the country's powerful military the military overthrew the fragile democratic government in a coup that's when a government is suddenly and violently forced out of power on February 1st and declared a year-long state of emergency leader elected Aung San Suu Kyi and members of her party are among hundreds of people detained. The tense standoff has turned deadly with more than 20 people killed after security forces fired live rounds at several protest sites. After a decade of democracy, how did Myanmar get here? Where is Myanmar? It's kinda important to know where the country is in the world because it helps explain why the military is so powerful. Myanmar, also known as Burma, is in the Southeast Asia and neighbors with Thailand, Laos, Bangladesh, China, and India. As a result of its location, the country is home to around 135 different ethnic minorities who make up around a third of its total population of 54 million. Most people in Myanmar are Buddhist and speak Burmese. The country gained independence from Britain in 1948, but was marred by a bunch of communist and ethnic conflicts for the next 14 years. These ethnic minority populations had negotiated agreements about how they were going to retain their independence or their autonomy, and those were completely ignored from the start of the country in 1948, explained Dr. Susan Banke. She's a Southeast Asia expert at the University of Sydney. So the military, known locally as the Tadmadao, took control and ruled Myanmar from 1962 to 2011. Who is Aung San Suu Kyi? During these years, there were recurring protests and violent military crackdowns. 
A woman named Song Sung Suki made a name for herself in the 1990s for campaigning to restore democracy. She spent 15 years under house arrest and even won a Nobel Peace Prize for her efforts. It took a while, but after some international pressure, the military decided to share some of their power. There was a referendum, attempts at free elections, and in 2015, Ms. Suu Kyi and her party, the National League of Democracy, NLD, won. In the years since, the leader's reputation has been tarnished by her cooperation with the military and defense of what's been described as a genocidal campaign against the Rohingya, a Muslim ethnic minority group. Some people think Ms. Suu Kyi cooperated so she could lead the country to full democracy. But the coup clearly contradicts the military's commitment to democracy. What's that got to do with what's happening now? Last November, Myanmar had its first election since that one in 2015, and the NLD won again, in a massive landslide victory. The military immediately claimed the elections were fraudulent, even though the Electoral Commission declared that there was no significant problems. In January, a military spokesperson threatened the armed forces might take action if the fraud wasn't taken seriously and refused to rule out a coup. For 10 years now, the NLD has been in power, and what we see now is that the military appears to be uncomfortable with that power, Dr. Banki said. On February 1st, just as the new parliament was getting ready to hold its first session, military leaders decided they had enough. Ms. Suu Kyi was detained and slapped with several charges including possessing illegal walkie-talkies and violating the country's natural disaster law by breathing COVID-19 protocols. She's currently under house arrest. Cabinet ministers and opposition politicians have also been detained. The military has declared a state of emergency and a guy called Senior General Ming Ang Leng is in charge. Some suspect the armed forces will stay in power beyond the year. What's happening at the protests? Despite the violent crackdown, millions of teachers, lawyers, students, bank officers, and government workers are protesting against the military regime. Demonstrators were met with tear gas, stun grenades, and snipers stationed on rooftops along protest routes. Security forces killed at least 18 people over the weekend. In what was the deadliest day of protests since they began a month ago, at least 21 people have died including a 16-year-old boy. Communication is cut off because mobile networks and internet is down. Flights in and out have been suspended, and hundreds of people have been arrested. Among those detained is Australian academic Sean Turnell, who is an advisor to Ms. Suu Kyi. What do protesters want? Protesters are demanding an end to the military's rule and want Ms. Suu Kyi and her colleagues released. But Dr. Banki says it's important to note that not everyone protesting the coup, like the Rohingya people, necessarily want things to go back to the way they were. While what we see today is a lot of placards and signs that say release Aung San Suu Kyi from detention, restore the National League for Democracy to power, there is a significant portion of the population, these ethnic minorities that are very unhappy with the Tadmada but they were actually also pretty unhappy with the NLD, she said. What has the international reaction been? The US, Canada, and the UK have imposed sanctions on the leaders of the coup. 
The European Union diplomatic chief Joseph Borrell confirmed they also would carry out sanctions on Myanmar's top generals. In a rare move over the weekend, Myanmar's UN ambassador Kiao Mo Tun made an emotional appeal for the international community to use any means necessary to restore democracy to Myanmar. A few hours later, he was sacked. Australia has so far tread carefully on launching sanctions as a result of the coup, but calls for the Morrison government to take action are growing. What we really need is a coordinated effort by the international community to have targeted sanctions against the senior generals involved in this coup and on military-owned businesses, she said. Ms. Pearson says she's calling for Australia to cut off all military ties to the country. This is a military that has committed mass atrocities and has also now conducted a military coup. It is not a military that Australia's Defence Force should be associating with right now, she said. There are also calls for Australia to offer asylum to Myanmar temporary visa holders critical of the military coup. Community leaders say international students who have taken part in anti-military rallies in Australia are at risk of retaliation by the armed forces if they return to Myanmar. And there you have it, my qualifiers. This is a, a story from Australia talking about what's going on in Myanmar. And I'm sure you guys have probably heard of this country. So the biggest countries next to Myanmar was probably going to be China and India, high, high populations. And what I got out of this is very similar to a previous episode that we had talking about China and the autonomous zone, where there's basically a large minority population. And not just one type of minority, it's all the minorities from that country. And it just seems to me like a lot of these countries where there seems to be a lot of division in its community and its, in its countrymen, you know? I feel like those are the countries that tend to have a lot more, more problems within, more civil wars. So what happened here is anybody aligning themselves with the military in Myanmar said, Hey, look, that's it. Ten years of the same NLD, uh, no. There has to be some type of fraud here, you know, so, so, you know, it sounds very familiar. That was what was happening here in, uh, in the U.S. where, you know, everybody thought the election should have gone the other way. Just imagine if, uh, you know, all of our police officers and army and, and uh, military personnel thought the same thing and then they decided to do a coup. They decided to get on Facebook or whatever and say, hey, you know what? No, this is, this is fake. Let's, let's, uh, let's do something about it. And what happened here is that they did. Military personnel and higher-up generals, they decided, no, that's it. We're, we're, we're going to put a stop to it. And it looks like the only way to fix this is going to be with international help by choking their trade, by not allowing countries to trade with them, by not giving them more military power. As you can see, Australia is still kind of tippy-toeing around it. U.S., Canada, all the big ones already got behind it, but... I just, I, I wish we would hear more about Myanmar in the news, but I, I, I don't think we are going to. Nineteen arrested, $750,000 worth of catalytic converters recovered amid spike in thefts in Los Angeles County. This one comes from KTLA.com, that's local news for me, by Norim Salih. 
19 people were arrested and $750,000 worth of catalytic converters were recovered in an operation targeting several locations in Los Angeles on Wednesday, officials said. There's been a spike in thefts of catalytic converters from cars throughout the region. In the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department's jurisdiction alone, reports of catalytic converters thefts skyrocketed 400% in 2020 compared to the year before, according to the agency. Thieves targeted the vehicle exhaust emissions control device because it contains precious metals and can be scrapped for a quick profit, Sheriff Sergeant Keith Green explained. Certain cars like the first-generation Prius and the Ford F-250 have been targeted more than others in L.A. County, likely because their catalytic converters are known to contain more precious metals, Green said. Larger cars also tend to become a target because they usually have larger catalytic converters. The sergeant is in Santa Clarita Valley's Sheriff's Station Crime Impact Team, which led Wednesday's search warrant operation with the help from other stations. Warrants were served at four different locations in the city of L.A. that were tied to catalytic converter thefts in the Santa Clarita Valley and other county areas. Deputies recovered 250 catalytic converters, together valued at around $750,000, in addition to one ghost handgun and about $100,000, according to the Sheriff's Department. The investigation is ongoing and there are suspects still outstanding. Catalytic converter thieves usually use saws to get the devices from the cars, and it makes a loud noise, so it's easy to spot, according to Green. The only way we can really combat this is with help from citizens, Green said, urging residents to report if they notice someone's converter being stolen. Anyone with information is asked to contact the Santa Clarita Sheriff's Station at 661-255-1121. Those who wish to submit anonymous tips can call L.A. Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477. Here are some tips from the Sheriff's Department on how to protect from having your vehicle's catalytic converters stolen. Park in well-lit areas with surveillance cameras. Weld the bolts on your catalytic converter shut. Engrave or etch the license plate number onto your catalytic converter. Always report suspicious activity. And there you have it, my qualifiers. That's uh, from Los Angeles County and uh, other counties nearby. And I bring you guys this story because last weekend I went to the mechanic. Uh, I had to get my car fixed, some uh, something wrong with my my suspension or whatever, but it's fixed. And I, the guy, the mechanic, told me he's like, "Hey, uh, you know, do you have a catalytic converter cover?" I'm like, "What?" I'm like, oh, okay, this guy's trying to sell me something already. He's like, yeah, you know, there's just been a lot of uh, thefts. People are stealing people's catalytic converters. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, especially for your car. I drive a Prius. He's like, yeah, especially for your car. There, there, there's a lot. I've had, uh, look, and he pointed out a Prius he had there. He's like, somebody stole the, the one off of that one right there, and I'm fixing it. And it's over $1,000 to fix. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. He's like, what we do here is we put covers, metal covers over the catalytic converters so that they don't take them. I'm like, okay. I'm like, yeah, no, right now let's just fix what I, what I got going on here. He's like, okay, uh, you know, I'm just letting you know. And the next day my brother sent me this article because he was there with me about catalytic converters being stolen out of LA. So man, I, I feel kind of bad thinking that he was trying to hustle me when he was really trying to help me out. That's Lucy's Auto Body Shop right there on Pico. Shout out. <laughs> Alrighty, my qualifiers, thank you so much for listening to another episode. One of our very longtime listeners, Qualifier Z, 
that's one of my very close friends and he actually sent me a, a message about one of our last episodes talking about ted cruz because i was like what you know should should have should he have been you know basically crucified for this you know he had some of his people actually have to stay behind to take care of his dog and uh you know what i looked into it and yeah my guy forgot his dog and then the aoc was able to raise five million dollars that same week when he was going to be tanning in cancun and this is coming straight from z this is what he said he's a clown because he threw his kids under the bus and i 100 percent agree z what he said was well you know i wanted to take my kids somewhere else and <laughs> Yes, he 100% threw his kids under the bus, said, hey, look, maybe if I just say it's my kids, they won't trip. And uh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, that's exactly what he did, Ted Cruz. Your beard looks cool, man, but I don't know. All right, my qualifiers, thank you so much again. Love you guys, and have a good week.